Well, welcome back to this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Beach Patterson. And as always, you're joined by head men's basketball coach, Mark Spaghera. Coach, another week down. We're uh, we're going to get right into it, but crazy to think last week of the GPAC regular season here, isn't it? Yeah, as they say, time flies. Just in it, it seems like the older I get, the faster it goes. Because it was, you know, it feels like yesterday we were getting ready for game one, and, and here we are with two regular season games to go and um, it's crazy. It's exciting. We've got a lot to play for this week, a lot in front of us, and we're going to be ready to go. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, the last week here. There's two games coming up, and then we'll first start with two games here, last two home games, and touch on Senior Day a little bit. But let's start. Uh, let's start with that first game here from the last week, uh, Friday night game uh, with with Hastings and Jamestown coming to town, doing one night with us, one night with Jamestown, and then flipping. So let's start with with Friday night at home against Hastings. Uh, really good Hastings team who uh, not too long ago we played them down there, uh, and Friday night came away with a really nice and decisive 97 to 70 victory. And, you kind of look about it and, and seemed right from the jump, uh, just kind of had that extra juice, that extra step from the guys. And uh, when you put up 50, uh, 52 at halftime, I mean, uh, going to be really solid there right away offensively. So how to have liked the way the guys came out and start uh, and just kind of kept the the foot down on the gas pedal. Yeah, we, we were down two to zero. I believe that was the only time we trailed in that game. And I thought, for the most part in the first half, we, we were really good defensively. Um, Reggie Thomas, their, their point guard's really, really good. And he can, he can hurt you in a lot of different ways. And I thought we did a pretty decent job on him. He, he scored some points, but I thought we made him work for it. We got some turnovers. And I thought we did a really good job of rebounding, just not letting them get second chance points. That really hurt us the first time we played them. And then – you know, we, we shot almost 70% for the game. So, obviously, we, we did a lot of really good things. And I thought the last six minutes of the of the first half was where, I mean, it got separated. We went from, I don't know, seven-point lead to 24 at halftime or whatever it was. But it, it was a 19-2 to two run we finished the half on and just thought going into half, we put ourselves in a really good spot. And then coming out of the second half, we came out first possession, hit a three, and extended the lead up to 27, 29. They cut it a couple times to 20. Uh, we had a couple – yeah, there's no better way to put it. We had a couple really dumb plays as they, they started to press us a little bit. We turned it over, gave them a couple easy buckets. But in the end, you walk away with a 27-point win in a game where, like I said, you shoot 70% from the field and – from an efficiency standpoint, we were just off the charts offensively. And we actually, we missed our last six threes of the game to finish 15 for 26. So we were actually 15 for 20 at one point. And we, we, we had multiple guys get it going, but Connor Groves was incredible, which he's done so many times in his career. It's like, he just makes six, seven in a short span. And we had a couple things we liked, um, from a from an execution standpoint, a couple of things we thought we could get, and Connor did a really good job of of executing some things with some of our ghost screens, and uh, so he got it going. And then I think he had twenty one and a half. He ended the game with twenty three, but uh, you know, it's when you're playing a back to back, if you can limit the minutes of some of those top guys on the first night, that's obviously a 
a luxury and we were able to do that a little bit. I don't know that anybody played quite their normal minutes. And so it was, it was a great way to start the weekend. And we talked going into the weekend, you know, our goals to win two, but you take them one at a time and you certainly can't win two if you don't get the first one. And from a big picture standpoint, we came into that game tied with Hastings in the standings and they had beat us once. And so it was, I'm not going to throw around a, a must win, but it was a pretty important game for us. And and so guys coming out ready to play and, and executing things at a high level was, was a great way to start the weekend. Yeah. And it was a good response. Like you said, after uh, the two point loss down there uh, a couple months ago here, a few weeks ago, I should say. And the one thing you touched on is had a lot of people get some minutes. The starters didn't play the normal minutes uh, in the time because you had a big one here Saturday and, and guys that came off the bench, I mean, Nate Hall had another really nice game. Blake Sindelar, I mean, with those two specifically, kind of nothing new uh, doing their role, maybe giving a little bit extra, playing some more minutes uh, and doing some good things on both ends of the floor. But, I mean, Tyrus Aishai, Jamerson Helmers, and then a few other guys that don't normally get time uh, had it been really nice for them to get out there and get some extra minutes in a GPAC game to – to not only number one, kind of get that exposure and that experience a little bit more in a GPAC game, but I mean, with that back-to-back that you said, getting those starters some extra extra minutes to, to rest those legs and things. So uh, I had to be really nice and, and happy with kind of getting those back-end guys in there too. Yeah, and I, I thought Tyrus Eichai did a great job. And Tyrus has been in a tough spot at times this year where he's he's played some games, he hasn't played others. And I know that's hard. And that, and that wears on you a little bit, but he did a really good job. We had foul trouble and he came in in that last six, seven minutes. I talked about where we went on a 19 to two run. He was in there for the whole thing. And so, I mean, he, he did a great job and that that's exactly what we expect from a junior. He's going to be ready. He's going to take advantage of, of an opportunity when it comes. And so it was really good to see that for sure. And coach, I don't know the specific number, but anytime a Briarcliff team shoots upper 60s to 70% from the field and that efficient from the floor and the three point line, probably not too many times that there's a, there's a loss in, in the column there. So, I mean, I'm trying to think back of that kind of efficiency back when I was even there and it's, it's pretty hard to even find something to keep yeah, it close. I, a couple of the guys I asked, cause I think our, our offensive points per possession was, was 1.47. Um, you know, I, I'd have to really go back and dig through and see when the last time we were up that high, I'm sure we have been at some point, but it's, it's probably been a while and that's just absolutely incredible. So for anybody that's not familiar, sorry, but you know, our, our goal is 1.10 points per possession. And, you know, I think 1.20 is pretty elite. You start getting into 1.3 or above and you were stupid offensively that game. so yeah 1.4 points per possession just uh i mean me me and ethan being familiar doing that when we were student coaches and, and keeping track of that 1.4 that's gonna win you a lot of basketball games and and it did there on friday night came away with a a really decisive and convincing 97 to 70 victory against hastings and let's flip very next night uh at home senior night senior day uh, against a really good Jamestown team, uh, nationally ranked in the top 10, Mason Walters, probably a guy who's going to compete for National Player of the Year, rightfully so. Uh, unfortunately, came up on the wrong end, lost that 176-69, to 69, but guys played tough the whole way. Um, just a couple times was was tough getting over that hump a little bit, but 
had to be happy with the way the guys played. Unfortunately, came out on the wrong end, but uh, can't say enough about uh, the way that those seniors kind of came up on senior day and, and just really kind of played for each other, uh, played a little bit. But I have to give credit to Jameson. They uh, they were able to seal the deal. Yeah, it was when we came back in on on Saturday morning to to go through the Jamestown scouting report and shoot around and all that. I think we started talking right then, and then I told them before the game, like it's going to be a street fight. It's, I mean, it's it was going to. We knew it was going to be an intense game. We knew it would be a physical game, and and we needed to be ready to go out and fight. We need to be ready to take some punches because Jamestown's going to throw them, and I'm talking figuratively here, not literal punches. But uh, you know, that was the kind of game it was going to be, and and so you when you when you scout Jamestown you look at Mason Walters, who you said in the running, I mean, I think he's a runaway national player of the year. And that's my opinion, but uh, he's really good. But if you look beyond that, they shoot over 40% from three as a team. One of the best three point shooting teams in the country. They have three different guards who have scored 25 plus on us over the years. They're really veteran. They're the best rebounding team in the conference on both sides of the ball they just present a lot of problems and and they're also one of the most elite offensive teams in the country. And we held the 29 points in the first half. Now, unfortunately we only scored 28, but uh, I thought our guys just competed like crazy defensively. Uh, I thought particularly in the first half, we made Walters catches in the post tough. What makes him really special is that he's a really good three point shooter. At 6'9", incredibly skilled post player. He shoots almost 40% from three. And so it's just an added element of something else to worry about. It. Unfortunately, we, we gave him a couple of really good looks, I thought, from three. And he hit four of them. And, you know, the, he ended with 33 points. But I thought he had to work for it for the most part. And we just – we never got it going offensively. They did a good job of taking away some easy looks from three that, that definitely are a big part of our offense. Um, but we got down 10 in the second half and pretty quickly cut it back to four. And we were probably teetering on the edge of that could have been 15 or it could have been four. And we went the good way. And then when it's all said and done, we were at the free throw line with 19 seconds left down three. And unfortunately we missed two free throws and that that's hard to overcome that late in the game where if you make them, do we win? Who knows? Do we have a better chance? Yes, but that's the way it goes. But I, from just an effort and fight standpoint, it's exactly what you'd ask for. And also, I mean, the loss stings. It always does, but it, it was senior day, like you said, and, and we've got a pretty incredible group of seniors in, in Jaden Klein, Esling, Kyle Borhave, Connor Groves, Nick Hoyt, and Quinn DC. I mean, those are guys that, I'd have to, it, the number of starts they have at Briar Cliff is staggering, I'm sure. You know, Jaden started every game for the last four years. And as a, as a fifth year guy, I mean, I've never coached somebody that long uh, because of the COVID deal. But uh, above it all, I mean, they've been great players. The accolades, all that. They're great kids. They've been incredible representatives of our program. And so a day to just get to celebrate them a little bit. I wish we could have got the win for them, but uh, you know, it's always a, it's always a bittersweet day because you know, it's not, the season's not over, but there's a, there's a finality in sight 
when you when you get to that point. And so it's it's awesome to celebrate those guys, but at the same time, it sucks too because they they've had such a big impact on our program. They've had a big impact on me, and uh, you know, so it's my shout out for the week. I'll just do it now. It's it's those five guys because they've been they've been awesome. Yeah, and you bring up the the group of seniors in the class that's played so many games, and right away, I mean, people my age or so would probably think of Shane Graves, Austin Leffler, Brian Forbes, and then Eric Erdman, Jackson Lamb, Jay Wolf, different guys like that. But I mean, those five guys have played so many games together, and with the extra COVID year, is it safe to say has Jaden Klein Hesslink played the most games out of a male men's basketball player, Briarcliff? Oh, yeah, it's not even close at this point. I, I, yeah. I, He's like twenty or so ahead, and I, you know, it's as a as a stat nerd and somebody who's into records and all that stuff. The COVID year actually kind of bothers me because it's how how do you quantify? You know, it was like right now, I think Jaden's sitting eleventh all time in scoring at Briarcliff. Um, now he's like twenty third after last year, and he was already way up there. Um, but with the games played obviously had a lot more opportunities, but I mean, it doesn't diminish in any way the, the impact he's had. And, you know, even this weekend, Jaden was coming off a sprained ankle in the morning side game and, and hardly practiced at all last week. And, and you would never know it the way he played. I mean, he was awesome. And so those guys, like, and like I said, they're good kids. The average GPA there is probably about 3.85, um, you know, and, and they're all going to be incredibly successful in life and that that's what it's all about at the end of the day yeah definitely shout out to them and i want to circle the wagons back just to one thing quick you talked right away before we started talking about about um the street fight that you were talking about and that that holds pretty true because you you look at it and jamestown friday night played at morningside and got got handled by 27 and Morningside being about they, they got whooped. I mean, there's, there's no better way to say it. And I, Coach Neville would say the same thing if he was here with us. So I don't feel right. bad I was, saying it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Coach Neville might be the first one to say they got whooped too. So, I mean, I, I liked your analogy of the street fight because, you know, every single one of those guys coming off the Jamestown bus just had a horrible taste in their mouth, probably didn't get a whole lot of sleep Friday night. And they were probably chomping at the bit to get back in the gym the next night. And get a get a little taste of the Chargers, but yeah, I had to be really happy with the way the guys came out the first half because you know Jamestown in general, top ten team, they're gonna give you fits and everything that you can handle. But it, it probably holds true just based off of what happened over at Morningside on Friday night. So let's talk about this week now, last G Pack regular season week, um, in this in the calendar here and in the schedule, and let's start with a team who it's been three months <laughs> since we played them. Uh, Wednesday night, going and playing in Seward at Concordia. Uh, recently, Concordia, very very good basketball team, especially at home. I don't know specifically off the top of my head what their record has been in the last three, four years at home, but just a crazy astronomical high winning percentage at home. Probably one of the more tougher places to play in the G Pack. I think all all G Pack road games are tough. We've we've made that very clear here. But Concordia probably the toughest, if not one of the top two toughest places to play. So definitely have our hands full on Wednesday night uh down there in Seward. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the record is the last three, four years. It it is crazy. And I know that a year ago, right now, when we played down there, they beat us by one on a buzzer beater. I'm sure everybody remembers. Um, 
that was the first time somebody had played them in single digits in like 15 games at home that night. And so, I mean, they, they've been really good there and they've been really good on top of it. You know, it's not just a home fluke. They've been really good the last few years, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been a tough place for people to go win and Concordia seems like forever ago we played them. It was our GPAC opener. It is going to be almost three months to the day since we played them, which is, it's crazy going back and watching the film because we were doing things so much differently defensively. We've tweaked our offense a ton. Um, they have some guys through injuries and, and whatever that, that aren't playing, that we're playing in that game. And so it's almost, it's almost not worth going back and putting a lot of stock into that first game. However, they whooped us pretty good. Uh, I just thought they beat us up. I thought they were the aggressor in every sense of the word. We were down 27 to five in that game. And that's certainly not a recipe. And if you do that down there, you're, it's going to get real bad, but uh, they're big, they're physical. They've got some guys who can shoot it. They play fast. Um, they're, they're a load to deal with. They just, they do a pretty good job of finding matchups they like and, and with their size and strength, they can, they can exploit some things. Um, but we're, we watch film with the guys today. And I mean, we're, we're a better basketball team than we were last time we played them. That doesn't mean we're going to go win. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that I, I think we're going to be more ready to go down it and just compete at the level we need to compete. And we're going to have to play really well to, to have a chance to win down there. It's a tough place to play. And they're a good team. They're well coached. Um, they're pretty veteran. They've got a couple fifth year guys out there playing like we do. Um, and, and, the thing about the GPAC right now is if you look at last week, however many games that is 10 games in the league, you look at this week, 10 games in the league, every game in the last two weeks has an impact on something for somebody. And that's not always the case. And so there's teams jockeying for position. Uh, there's teams fighting to make the conference tournament. There's teams, fighting to improve their stock, whatever it is. And that's, that's where we're at. I mean, there's a lot of implications on this game for, for both teams involved and others outside of the game. And that's how it is across the league. And so, you know, I think for us right now, we're sitting in a tie for seventh place in the league. And the beauty of it is we control in a lot of ways what we need to do. If we, if we win both games, we'll be fine. Where we're going to be, who we're going to play, who knows? Doesn't matter right now. You know, we, we need to, we want to be playing well going into the conference tournament. So that starts with this week and that's in front of us. And so we're going to go down to Concordia ready to, and frankly, it's probably going to be another street fight just like the Jamestown game was. Um, and, and we've got to be ready for that. And like I said earlier, and like I told the guys and I'll tell them again, when you, if you're in a street fight, you can't just take one punch and, and roll over you, you you're gonna have to take a couple punches and get back up and and start swinging yourselves and i think that's exactly what we're gonna have to do wednesday night down in seward yeah so that's wednesday night and, and you look back the two games this week uh with concordia and then you follow it up saturday at Doan. i mean both of these teams played each other last wednesday night actually 
um, in Crete. Uh, it was a really good game. Concordia pulled away and came out with an 85 to 79, I believe it was, victory down there at Doan. So uh, good week to watch that film, especially with these two teams coming up. And and obviously I have a tough one at Concordia, but then let's let's transition to Saturday at Doan. Doan, uh, good basketball team. We we came away with a, a really nice 70 to 45 victory at the Flanagan Center here when we first played them. But Doan, another one of those teams that uh, I don't know if it's a little bit of magic they have in the, in the gray floor and the new scoreboard they got down there and what it is. But uh, it seems like lately they've been playing better at home uh, in the Haddocks and, and definitely was uh, evident there on Wednesday night playing Concordia, really good team, really physical uh, they did lose to Concordia, but a Doan team that's very capable of getting anybody on any single night. Yeah, you look at, you know, and we're we're actually tied in the standings right now with Doan, so it's uh, obviously going to be a a game that that'll mean a lot for both. But uh, you look at Doan, and they're the only team in the league who's beat the top four teams in the league. They won at Jamestown, and they beat Northwestern, Dort, and Morningside all at Dome. I mean, they're and very – beat, beat Northwestern pretty handily. Well, that one was an overtime. They beat Dort pretty good. Or, yeah, um, Dort, my beat, bad. I think they beat Morningside in overtime too, and they played really well at home. Um, and, and we beat them. You know, we beat them pretty good at our place. They were without one of their starters and, and one of their leading scorers that night. Um, you know, so we're going to need to be, again, I mean, we're going on the road twice this week. That's, that's tough. We're going to need to be ready and, and focused and they run the triangle offense. So there's a lot of intricacies and subtleties to that, that you have to be very focused and then execute on the fly to defend them and, and, and try to defend them well. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's going to be fun. What, what more can you ask for? We've got a lot to play for the last week of the regular season, um, trying to you know put ourselves in the best position possible as as we go beyond the regular season. And so we're gonna we're gonna take it, we're gonna run with it, and and we're gonna give it all we got. And it's it's no secret we've struggled on the road this year. And and what better way to to finish the regular season than to be able to reverse that a little bit as as we head into the postseason then. Yeah, and with this yeah. last week of the regular season and in that group of seniors that we talked about not too long ago, what's what's kind of been that message here this week in practice? I know we're recording it Monday night and have only had one practice this week here Monday, but has the the message this week kind of been, hey guys, tied for seventh right now. Everyone knows top eight teams make it. Is it kind of uh kind of go out and do or die mentality? Is it just continue to do us and control what we can no, control but, or what's kind of been the focus? Yeah, it's, it's, it's that. And I, we started, we watched film of our first Concordia game and I, I just told the guys it's going to be ugly. You know, it's probably going to irritate you a little bit, but uh, we went down to practice and I just said, with a, we got to keep fighting. We got to keep pushing forward. We're in the last regular season week and we still have a chance to get better. We have a lot to play for. We control what happens ultimately. Um, and so we're not sitting here and saying, oh, we need team A to beat team B and team C needs to lose over here. That's not the case. If we just worry about us and for the last month or so, our our message has been we're going to go out and we're going to fight. And 
that's we've done a pretty good job of that, honestly. I mean, we in the last couple of weeks we we lost at Morningside, we lost to Jamestown, two top twenty five teams, but we played good basketball and we're playing good. And we, we, for the most part, and I don't want to say we played bad at Midland because I think that's a discredit to Midland and that's not fair. But with the exception of that game since Christmas, I think we played really good basketball. And I think we're a team, you know, we'll talk postseason next week, you know, we're, we're very capable of, of doing something in the conference tournament. But right now, our focus is on this week. Our focus is on Concordia. And when that's done, our focus will shift to Doan. And we're going to go on the road and we're going to fight. And that's the awesome part about the last week. Like you said, go on the road and fight. Haven't had the best road uh, year this year. But what a what a perfect way to, to change that narrative and, and finish the year on a high note. So two more games here this week, end of the regular season. Wednesday night at Concordia. Women's going to tip off at 6, men at 745. And then turn around Saturday, going back down to Nebraska, going to Crete, playing Doan. Women at two, men at 345. So big week ahead here from the Chargers. And now we're going to roll into the the next segment here, one that we do every single week, one that we enjoy. Uh, let's get into the shout-outs here from the last week. And, Coach, you, you mentioned yours here with, with the senior class and those five guys who have meant so much to this program and, and things like that. And uh, I know you wanted to touch uh, and talk just a little bit more um, about that, too. Yeah, you – you know, like I said, you, you think about it and it's bittersweet. It's um, it's just, you know, as I thought back, even Saturday morning, it just kind of sneaks up on me every year. Like I talk about it with those guys so they can remind their parents and all that stuff. And But I'm not super involved in the planning of it. Ethan Erdman, our SID, does a lot of that. And I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, it's 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 one, it's crazy how time flies. Because when I became the head coach of Briar Cliff, I had already started recruiting Jaden and Kyle, and their high school coach is a really good friend of mine. So I started recruiting them early, but they were, I mean, they were the two of the first kids that we recruited when I became the head coach. And then um, I'd known Connor Groves, been watching him since he was a freshman as a local kid. And I was joking with Nick Hoyt. Um, Jake Shipley told me he had watched him. He's like, he's like, oh, coach, you'll love him. He's kind of small. He's not super athletic. Um, but man, coach, can he shoot it? <laughs> and uh, and Nick and I laugh about that because I I made many references to uh, his size and maybe slight lack of athleticism over the years. And then you know Quinn Vesey was a guy that played for the same high school coach as Jay Wolf and he kept telling me, you got to check this kid out. You got to check this kid out. You'll love him. He fits you guys. And, uh, you know, so like all that stuff comes back. And I, I think, you know, there's been ups, there's been downs, but when you think about it, there's been more wins and losses. There's been a heck of a lot more laughs than tears. And it, there's relationships that are going to last forever. And that's, that's pretty special. So shout out to those guys. And, uh, that's what I got. Yeah, and I want to touch on it quick is uh, this senior class has is, is definitely affected me too. I mean, I was thinking about this Saturday night, and I remember my my senior year, which would have been Kyle and Jaden's freshman year, and the the minutes and impact that those two guys specifically had on on the team and stuff. And I think back to our senior year, the 
Arizona trip playing Arizona Christian and, and Benedictine Mesa and the, the awesome trip doing that and the national tournament run. It's just like, holy smokes, you think about that with those guys. And then I also think Nick Hoyt coming on visits and Connor Groves and, and Quinn Vesey coming on visits. And so that was something I was thinking about on Saturday too, is kind of made me feel old a little bit. I was like, holy smokes. I remember when they were freshmen when I was a senior and I remember after a home game on a Saturday, they'd be with their parents talking to you or, or coach Shipley uh, on their visit. And I'd talk to them or like say hi to them for a little bit too. So crazy, uh, crazy time went that fast, but definitely congrats to those guys. Been an awesome group for the program. Uh, definitely guys that have laid the next foundation for the program, everything it stands for. So uh, kudos uh, and piggyback off what you said with everything coach, definitely a big shout out to them. Uh, my shout this week is going to go to my mom. Uh, it was her birthday this last, uh, this last week, Tuesday, and, uh, was able, I uh, didn't watch the game on Saturday. I was with her and Mitchell spending some time with her on that. Um, there was two different times coach. She did specifically ask about you and how you were doing. And, um, she does still follow the program, uh, and knows how the guys are doing and stuff. And she's always asking me questions and things like that. So she's still pretty invested. I know she cares a lot too. So definitely shout out to, uh, to her and big happy birthday to her. Well, hey, that's going to do it for this week's edition of BC Buckets Podcast. Once again, last week of the GPAC regular season. That's right. Crazy to say and think about. But last week, two games on the road here, Wednesday night at Concordia, women at 6, men at 7.45. And then Saturday at Doan, the women's game will tip off at 2 with the men at 3.45. Coach, we talked about it a lot last week. Go have some fun. Let it rip. Nothing to lose here. Uh, let's go get a couple wins next week. We'll talk some postseason GPAC play and we'll get after it another week. Great, Bobby. Thanks. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby.